Welcome everyone to episode 90 of the Random Fandom with Brandon and Brandon. My name is Brandon and of course I am here with... Brandon, and did you say episode 90? That's that's nine-tenths of a milestone. Nine-tenths, that is, okay. I'd say if, if you count every ten as a milestone, this is just another milestone. Well, no, every, uh, getting to a hundred is like the big milestone goal. So we're there. Okay. We're nine-tenths. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, we're at, we're at an A level. Yeah, that's true. We just broke the A minus. Woohoo! What do we got in store today? Oh man, we've got we've got a lot of good things, and we a do. lot of I'm gonna agree. and a lot of bad things. I mean, for example, we're gonna but start we're gonna off be- by talking movies, and it's kind of hard, right? Because there's a lot of movies that have been delayed because of COVID, and so we want to have a bit of an in in memoriam. Let's in- eulogize some suckers. Yes. Yeah. I always want to say in memorandum, and I know that's not right, but in a memoriam for those that we lost in 2020, as far as the movies that were delayed, yes. But if we're talking dramatically, yes, we lost them tragically. But we have a lot of good stuff to talk about, too. We uh, heard recently that there's a new Resident Evil movie reboot, which is exciting. So I'm kind of, I want to talk about what your thoughts are on that. I know you're a huge fan. Wait, did you say reboot? Yeah. That's funny because the first two letters are R-E. Uh, no, no. The, the Resident Evil movie franchise is perfect as is. Needs no touching up. What are you talking about? That's true. What was the latest one? Like Annihilation? I mean, it was like it's pitch perfect. Oh, my God. It's like so Casablanca good. with zombies. I mean, it was great. <laughs> what, else, what else? What else? We do want to talk some TV. So we just literally this morning finished the season two of The Boys. The last episode came out today. Oh, my uh, gosh. And so we're going to have a full spoiler review. We know it's early, but just a warning, if you haven't seen it, you know, we'll do that kind of near the end. Uh, you can skip yeah. over it when, when we get there. But man, if you, if you have seen it, it's, it's something to What's talk up? about. Definitely something to talk yeah. about. Uh, we'll end it with a little bit of talk about some games. There's some news on uh, news that we just kind of wanted to discuss and get each other's opinions on. Yeah. That's about it, right? We really haven't done a whole lot of catching up. Uh, so this is, this is hot and fresh out the kitchen. Yes, not for a lot of other people, <laughs> but uh, there is there is some news. You know, for example, Microsoft acquiring Bethesda. That that is one of the biggest stories of the year. It is probably the biggest story of the year for gaming. And so we definitely, even though news came out a while ago, we definitely want to touch on it. Yeah, we just haven't had a chance uh, since we last recorded. So here we are. Right. Voila. But you know how it is. Every every uh, episode, we we really want to jump right in and start talking about the content, but. We've got to thank those who make this episode possible, and that is our fake sponsors. So, Brandon, oh man, what do we have so, today? So excited to tell you guys about this one. You know, obviously, this is a, a podcast based on fandom and jokes and and lightheartedness. But you and I, we're intellectuals. We are. I'm very yeah. smart. Yeah, I mean, at the core of it, that's what the very common basis is. We met at Mensa, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and I think. At least Mensa. that's what I remember. Yeah, Mensa. And, um, you know. I know we met, we met at Columbia. Yeah. We went, <laughs> um, but it was but the it most Mensa because part our degrees, of our degrees won't work because it turns out you have to get one from America. Ah, nice joke. Good joke. Actually, it's not my joke, actually. That's an early community joke, like episode one. 
Oh, cool. Well, you you did it well. The way to joke about a show I still can't bring myself to watch. But oh, what's sorry. not a joke is is this episode's fake sponsor. If you have uh, questions about your own ancestry and how it all works out today, you probably know about Jane Goodall and her works, but you know her works are still ongoing. And today's fake sponsor hopes to answer some of the burning questions left in the wake of her research. Please take a listen. This podcast was brought to you by a new book by world-famous primatologist Jane Goodall called What We Still Don't Know About Primates. This enlightening piece of literature reveals startling facts that we still do not know about our closest primate ancestors. Please enjoy a short reading of What We Still Don't Know About Primates by author Jane Goodall herself. Hello, my name is Jane Goodall, primatologist and anthropologist. I have studied primates for over 140 years, and in that time, I have learned so much about these incredible creatures. But there are still things we as humans do not know. And here, they are in no particular order. Number one, do primates know how to cook pancakes? We can assume not, but we simply do not know because, and this is true, there are no naturally occurring stoves in the jungle. If trees were stoves and plants were spatulas, perhaps, we could learn the answer. Number two, if bonobos like intercourse so much, why have they always turned me down? Number three, was the Planet of the Apes movie based on apes? Or were apes based on Planet of the Apes? Number four. Why do apes get so angry when someone pokes them with a stick? In my studies, they either scurry away, grab the stick, or they murder the poor dark man I hired to poke the ape. Number five. Do primates prefer David Hasselhoff as an actor or a musician? That was an excerpt from the new Jane Goodall book, What We Still Don't Know About Primates. Out now, wherever books are sold. Wow, those are some great questions raised by Jane Goodall and what Uh, we still don't know about primates. I'm going to be picking up my copy, ASAP, yourself? Yeah, I'm going to be picking mine up, A-P-E-S. I mean, A-S-A-P. That's so philosophical. I'm with it. Me too. And, you know... I heard David Hasselhoff's name mentioned. Um, speaking of him, he's been in movies, or I think he has. He's got to have been in a movie at one point, movies. right? Yeah. So in Bay honor of David, Bay, Bay, sure. Uh, yeah, he had a cameo in it. Spongebob. I never saw it. There you go. Cinematic Wonders. Uh, in honor of David, David Hasselhoff today, why don't we start our audio journey with some talk about movies? Sounds great. Brandon, you know, we are in a weird time in this world right now where we are all working from home. We're kind of shut in. We can't go visit our friends. And you know what we can't do? We cannot go to a theater. It's, mm. And it's sad. But because of this, there are a lot of a lot of movies that we were looking forward to that we would have seen and definitely talked about as, as one of our main topics. Um, But we can't see all these movies because of COVID-19. So we wanted to take some time to remember those that we lost. 
or at least that we lost until 2021. <laughs> Damn you, 2020. So please uh, indulge us as we take time. Yeah, bow your heads if you feel like it. Yeah, you know what? I I'm a grown man. It's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. Wonder Woman, 1984. Dune. No time to die. Would it be the same? Black Widow. If I see it next year. Candyman. Will I go insane? Ghostbusters Afterlife. Quiet Place Part 2. That was supposed to be out in March. I must be strong. Eternals. For 2021. Free Guy. Cause I hope to see them all. The King's Man. Probably next year. Morbius. Venom. Let there be carnage. Just, ah. Uh. Oh, that was, that was really sweet. That was nice. I needed that, you know? This has been a I feel year. like it's, it's not goodbye, it's just see you later. Yeah, that's, I love, I love that thought. Something to think about is that when there's death, there's also rebirth. Or in this case, yeah. reboot. And we want to talk about Resident Evil getting a reboot. Oh boy, do if there is one franchise that could severely, sorely, and other adverbs I can't even think to use to describe how much I agree with this, use a reboot, it's the Resident Evil movies. You know, going back to what you said though, can I borrow a line? Movies yes. are shows, right? You would say, hey, you want to go to the show? Okay, yeah. The show must go on. Yeah, that was worth it. Cool. You're so yeah. funny. No. <laughs> um, so the news came out, kind of a surprise to everyone. And not only did the news come out, but they also uh, offered us a slate of actors playing some characters that we all know and love from the series. Yeah, so like real characters, not freaking made-up characters for the movie or just horrible right. representations. Like yeah. Showing that these are probably going to be much more closely related to the actual story within the, the, the games, which is great. Source material, which is awesome when you think about it. So let's go over some of the, the big ones. Um, so Chris Redfield is going to be in this. Claire Redfield, Leon Kennedy, Jill Valentine... Albert Wesker. I mean, those are some big names from this from the games. All of whom had been in all the different Resident Evil movies at some point or another. All of whom I'm like, but not what? in the right way. I mean, remember, remember Leon Wentworth Kennedy. Miller. Wentworth Miller was freaking Chris Redfield. I like him in From Prison Break. He ain't Chris Redfield. No. And you know who would make a great Chris Redfield? Who? Uh, Billy Butcher, uh, freaking Carl Urban would make a great Chris Redfield. He almost oh, kind of looks like old. him. He's too old. Yeah, I grant it. Well, we don't know when this is supposed to take place. That's but true. Or, Actually, no, we do. We, 
haven't hasn't it been reported or rumored to be like from the start or prequelish or something like that? I don't know. Actually, I haven't. I I don't know that news, but it would I could be, be nice. It would it would actually be nice to like see this from the beginning, like see the actual outbreak happen. Um, in this and in his this, first night on the job, right? The I mean, Resident yeah. Evil Two has got such a great built-in story, just in and of itself. You know? Yep. So in this case, Robbie Amell is playing Chris Redfield, and for those who may, yeah, for those who don't know him, he he looks the part. I mean, through and through. Um, I don't know if he's strong enough to punch a boulder, but like he uh, does. Yeah, let's stay away from Resident Evil Five. He does look like Chris Redfield, and so Robbie Amell. Um, He's what's in, his name? Robbie Amell? Robbie Amell. Yeah. A-M-E-L-L. -L. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. dude's like jacked, too. Yeah. So he's in uh, the new show Upload. It's a it's a Amazon uh, show, I think. Which I started it, watching, by the way. It's, it's really great. good, actually. Right? Yeah. It's really good. And so when you see him, you're like, oh, that guy, he just has that charisma, the looks. Like, oh, he's got, like, model looks and eyes and yeah. he's pretty jacked. Started yeah, let's do that. Oh, dude, makes sense. Yeah, no, I oh, think- he's Stephen Amell's brother. That's Arrow's brother. No way, I never- Well, when you said Robbie Amell, so much and sense. then I noticed this, and, I, and yeah, and Stephen Amell's athletic and good looking dude too. He's actually bigger than Robbie, but uh, oh, well, this is, this makes me feel confident in the direction they're headed. Yeah, me too. There's a, a, a whole, I mean, all these actors, when I look at the pictures of them and I, you know, sometimes some of them I know, some of them I don't. Uh, but when I see that, that picture of them, I go, I can see that. I can see that person as that character. For example, Claire Redfield will be played by uh, Kaya Scodelario. And I, I don't know who that is. I'm looking at her IMDb as we speak. And she's been in some things like Pirates of the Caribbean and some of the Maze, Maze Runner movies. Um, but just oh. by the simple look of her, I'm like, yeah, that fits, you know? I think one of yeah. my favorites, though, is Tom Hopper as Albert Wesker. That makes sense. That's um, Luther God. from uh, the big guy from... Uh, from Umbrella Academy, right. Yeah, and he was in Game of Thrones. I see that. I could see him being like a younger Wesker. I can see him with the shades and the tactical gear. I could totally see that. Yeah. There yeah. is an actor that I'm not too familiar with. Um, even uh, Jogia, and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm saying his last name the right way, but he, Who's he gonna be? he's going to be Leon, and he doesn't okay. look like Leon. Well, it can't be worse than that previous interpretation right. of Leon. Uh, we're just going to get some white dude and give him a puffy fur coat and, and a bad a, haircut with yeah. a fur collar, and, and then and he's good. No, that was that was very just. It was it was kind of shitty to the fans you know what i mean like people who like me whose almost favorite game is well, Resident Evil 4. yeah yeah i was so disappointed in that anyways so there's a lot going on here i agree um my big burning question you know i i read a, a small headline so i'm not as well researched as maybe i'd like to be if you can answer this cool all of this sounds great and good and headed in the right direction but if they are in any way letting Paul W.S. Anderson or whatever his name is have anything to do with this, it's all for naught. Because he had he, his name, whether directing or producing or whatever other facet of movie making, was attached to all six or seven previous Resident Evil movies, and they got progressively worse. Yeah. Please tell me he was nowhere to be found on this one. 
Well, I don't see his name. I'm on the IMDb page right now. I don't see his name anywhere on here. We've got, um, there's a handful of producers. I don't see the director though. Hmm. Yeah, there, it, there's there's like a number of producers. It even has who's doing casting, but no no director. Maybe they don't have a director at this point. I don't know. Uh, maybe not. You know why we need to also keep this away from him? Why? Let me take you back to uh, 1995. You remember the movie Mortal Kombat? The original movie wasn't that bad. It was the second Friend. one that was horrible. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. Well, still, screw him. <laughs> still. Well, and, and the and original you. Resident Evil movie was good. I liked I liked the movie. first one. After that, and they just went downhill. Worse and worse every but time. But then you could tell they were just going to be, like, using these fake characters and and uh, all the slow-mo action. Uh, you can just... It, it, in and of itself, it was good. But having the five others that came after it, you saw, oh, this is kind of... There was, a, like, a, a membrane of, like, taking form of what would future go wrong i don't know if i'm articulating that well but I, now looking back i see signs right that kind of doomed the franchise from the beginning yeah well yeah starting with the fact that they were not sticking to any original story uh from yeah. from the games you know they, they kind of made their own which is fine if it's going to be great but it has to be great in order to be okay with the fans right especially and, if you're a video game movie you know uh right. odds are Mm, we know how this goes. But anyways, well, a reboot sounds divine. Uh, I wonder when this might be uh, coming out. Not, not I, I just jumped on... It's probably 2022 at best. I mean, we've got probably. to recognize that they're, they're not going to start filming this until at least midway through 2021, at, at the earliest, because of COVID. Yeah. That's to say, that's even if they have like a final script and everything. This is just an announcement. We probably won't really see it until 2023, maybe. So on Sorry, Robbie and Mel's... Yeah, 2023, maybe. Excuse me. Well, if we're all alive by then. Uh, Robbie Amell's Twitter actually has a little screen cap. It says Raccoon HG Chris. It's a little sign on a trailer. So confirming... What that's interesting. Released. Like they're filming already. I wonder what HG stands for. Or if that's just a working title or a project name or something like that. But I like the fact that it has Raccoon in it. Uh, yeah. Those little trash pandas. God, why do people love raccoons on the internet? They're not freaking pets. They're cute, though. They're cute and dangerous and rabie-carrying. Yeah, but that's why you watch them online. Not That's true. It, it, someone else. I, I just think about the implications of that. It's okay. So let's... People who have raccoons as pet, you're the real nemesis. You're the real tyrant. <laughs> I say we move on to uh, another topic. I, I do want to... Let's, let's save the boys, since it's a full spoiler review. Let's save that till the end. Yeah. Okay? Why, don't we, why don't we go into games first, and then we'll do our topic of the week, the, the boys season two re, uh, spoiler review. I like that. All right. So let's move into games. Man, what a lackluster year for games. <laughs> there's, but there's been, some there's been some great things, and there's still some great things on the horizon. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that. But first, like we mentioned off the top, uh, since we last recorded, we really haven't got a chance to rap about uh, Bethesda becoming, well, exclusive property of Microsoft. And 
future implications. What do you think about that? What was your initial reaction when you heard it, when you read it? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's huge news. I'm not too worried about it, nor am I thinking that this is going to be a great thing. And, and the reason I'm not worried about it is because Microsoft is going to just pour a little bit more money probably into Bethesda to make some of these games like Starfield that are coming out and any future Fallout or, or um, you know, Elder Scrolls games, like all these games that they have that we know coming out are going to be top tier games. Microsoft is not going to take away from that. Like they're not. I, I think they're going to just maybe even feed more money and give more resources. Um, the downside comes for those who might not have an Xbox because if Microsoft decides they want to make all Bethesda games exclusive, it would be really good for them as far as like the selling of their systems, but it'd be bad for gamers, you know? Yeah. And they, they'll piss gamers off, but gamers will probably just have to go, well, you know what? I, I feel like I can't go without playing these huge titles from Bethesda. I'm going to go buy a, a Xbox. And it, so I don't know if they're going to do that, but I'm not really worried about it because I have an Xbox. I'm going to get an Xbox Series X. Yeah, which is really not too far away. I'm quite excited. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I agree. There's not much to be said as an Xbox player. I'm like, oh, cool. These franchises I know and love are still just going to be propri proprietary property of the system I have in support. You know, I will say the one thing that makes me happy about this is not that like some gamers will be forced to choose or some people might just have to, you know, go on not playing it because they can't afford the system. It's, you know, exclusive property to, but, 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 but I'm happy for fallout because I'm not as deep as a fallout player as others. I realize that, but I've enjoyed three new Vegas, uh, especially new Vegas. I, I just have a fondness for that game and fallout lately is in need of, well, like a little rehab, quite honestly. Well, yes, I agree with and you. If they have more money Fallout and more, was bad. It's it's tainted, not the legacy of Fallout, but the last five years of Fallout. I don't have anything really happy for me to hang my hat on. You know what I mean? Right, but Fallout Four, which was the last main Fallout title, was really good. It was really good. One of my favorite games of all time. Um, yeah. So, you know, and I do want to point out how much Microsoft paid for Bethesda. They paid $7.5 billion to acquire it. Now, th oh. think about that. Star Wars, all of Star Wars was bought by Disney for like four point something billion. I think it was, might have just been four, a cool four billion. This is 7.5. Damn. That just goes well, to show how how big games are like we we've heard the stats that video games are uh, a higher selling and, and more revenue in video games than there are in movies and music combined this yeah. is proof of that right like otherwise it's staggering right yeah when you think about it it is staggering i mean th that's an incredible amount of money that we just don't understand <laughs> you know what else kind of strikes me it's going to be so weird potentially you know i just looking back at this year I loved Doom Eternal. I really did. I get some people's frustration with it. I thought it was so much fun. I haven't picked it back up since. I was almost just like, 
not, I'm just going to do this one time. It's like me, if I ever go buy a pack of cigarettes, like, no, I'm just going to smoke them, but I'm not going back, you know, just <laughs> hit, hit it and quit it. But it's going to be so weird. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm getting emotional. It's going to be so weird when I like two or three years from now or whenever the next doom game comes out and you see the commercial and it looks awesome. And then it'll be like exclusively on Xbox and be like, Oh, that's weird. You know? Yeah. I don't know. That just strikes me as a little bit weird. I mean, how much does Bethesda have in, you know, subsidiaries? Like you think of id, you think of other Zenimax. They have a bunch. Yeah, it's just like I didn't realize they were as big as they were, not only with their reach, their licensing, but their worth. Yeah. I hope uh, and they've got a lot of big titles coming out. I mean, think about it. You know they're probably coming out with like a new Vegas two. So, so oh, they, yeah. they, they'll, they'll have another Fallout game, probably in the works already, I hope. Hopefully, they're not putting all their resources on 76 right now. They've got Starfield. They've got a new Elder Scrolls. All of these have been announced. Plus, they've got, like, you know, the, the Rage and the Doom and um, Prey, right? They've got so many good games. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that one. Yeah. yeah. And so, so a lot of the real, real big ones, and then some of the just pretty big. All that together, that's $7.5 billion worth of Microsoft. That's incredible. I I don't think it's anything that we'll see the effect of currently, but going forward, yeah, it's going to be a – well, I've, I've quite never seen a – I wouldn't say a merger because they're not merging. They, they got bought. So I've never seen a, a, a buyout like this before that no. I can remember. No, it's huge. Pretty cool. Well, let's move on from that, and we'll, we'll get into our topic of the week. Yes. Or the month because we don't record every week. Or the topic <laughs> of the COVID. episode. So we'll talk a, a full uh, The Boys Season 2 spoiler review. Brandon, when it comes to your TV viewing, do you like your bones to have a lot of meat on them? I'm not sure where you're getting at. But for well, our sake, yes. What I'm saying is the boys season two had so much meat on the bone. And, and a lot of blood. And, and a lot of and, and good storytelling to go with it. This is like my almost but, ideal show so far. It really is. Like, and, you know, season one was so good. You often yeah. wonder, can they follow it up with something that is equal and I think a resounding yes. I think in this case, yeah. Like I don't think it's better than the first season, but I would put it right on par. The, the seasons don't feel different, you know what I mean? Like yes, there's new characters and new dynamics, but sometimes when you look back at shows, you can clearly tell, oh, well, they had a different vision for this season and this one, and this just feels like, like you're just flipping through the pages of a really good comic, and I'm enjoying it, and I'm super bummed. This is something I always whether I say it or feel it, um, that just is so true. Now I'm like, ah, oh, shit, we got to wait a year, you know? I know. Well, I couldn't, even, I couldn't even do the episode by episode. I, I just was waiting until the very end and watched them all. And even, even when I finished, I watched all of them in like less than a week, or all seven, excuse me, the first seven in like less than a week. And then yeah. and then had three days before episode eight, the, the finale came out, and that – was annoying. I, I, this this is not the kind of show I think a week for week works. It needs to be like binged. Bingeable. It is very bingeable. 
Yeah, it, it was very hard because when I when it first came out, just like a month ago, I was like, sweet, been waiting for this for a long time, super excited. Um, I know a friend of mine had rewatched season one just to remind himself of what he was in store for and the characters and their motivations. I kind of did the same thing, but more or less on just like a, a like a twenty minute YouTube clip highlighting the, the the main parts, and it just jacked me up. First three episodes, I knocked them all out one night. I was like, let's go, and then it's like episode four coming next week, and I'm like, wait, what? I did not know that. I'd never read that ahead of time, and I feel like last year they just released them all. So this this time around was very hard, no doubt, but it was rewarding because genuinely every Friday, like you come Thursday afternoon. Yeah. Come Thursday afternoon, I'm like, oh, tomorrow. First yeah. thing when I wake up in the morning, I know what I'm doing because Fridays right. are my day off anyway. So, uh, and this today was no different. I was super jazzed for this finale and just what a season and what a season will come hopefully next year. Uh, I just, I don't even know where to start. Uh, Anchorist. I mean, I think let's start with, there's some there's some new additions. We, we have some new characters that came. Um, I think I think with some of the old characters, they didn't do a great job, right? You have the Deep and A Train, which both sort of had these disappointing side plots that didn't really go anywhere. Um, I mean, A Train a little A Train was a little bit more. I mean, he you know in the final episode was able to find some of that dirt against Stormfront, and you know that was a big part of the plot. But like overall, I kind of felt like they were kind of swept aside. It was almost like they were like, we we have a plan for you in season three, but in season two, not really. So we're going to give you this side thing. But right. Stormfront as a new character, and I'm drawing a blank on his name, but uh, the head of Vought. Oh, crap. It's, well, it's the chicken man. It's Gus Fring. Right. Uh, Steven, uh, Edgar, something. It was Edgar. We'll go with Edgar. I'm pretty sure. Okay. okay. He, you know, he was a new character, and I thought he's just, he always plays this type of character, but every time I enjoy it. He plays that, like, turn, heartless, um, yeah, he's very convincing, as he's not necessarily good or evil, he just is focused and has one track mind, and he says it in this last episode, share, share price is all that matters, and like, and he's just just business, he's just so good at that just business kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, and nothing, even if he's Gus Fring or what we'll see, like, starting, I think, next week from him in The Mandalorian Season 2, which I'm excited about. Side yeah, note. which he also Stan plays Edgar. similar. What is it? Stan Edgar just came to me. Okay. I remember him. But anyways, whatever his motivation is, he, he's just so stoic. And you're like, you're such a bastard, but I can't really blame you. Right. You know? And he's knowing that he was – he was keeping Stormfront, you know, basically feeding her ego and keeping her in power. And yet he was the object as a black man of her ire. But he's just like, ah, money talks at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, th- he was one of like, what, two people, three people to not be um, intimidated by Homelander, you know, and that takes a special person to stand up to him. Does, and uh, That was an interesting talk in the office that they had because you expect yeah. – Homelander to do what he normally does and just threaten people with death and violence. And this guy with seemingly no powers was able to just kind of stand up to him and outsmart him. And it was, it was yeah. an interesting dynamic. You know what I like about this show, not only this season, but as a whole, who's the main character? Think about it. Like there's no one definable main character. 
because the season yeah. starts with Huey, but then like Billy Butcher, but Homelander, but you know Starlight. There's not one main character. Everyone contributes, whether big or small. And I just I really like that. It really does feel like a team, like a la Avengers or a la X Men, but with these dark adult humor and violence. And I just I don't know. I, I don't know who to root for. Like I'm rooting for this person who's in opposition to someone else. I like It's just, there's a lot of webs in this show, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, obviously Huey and, and, and Butcher are the two seemingly like main protagonists, but yeah. you know, Homelander gets, I would say probably equal time developing his character than, than what we would consider like the main characters. Uh, and I think, I mean, God, Anthony Starr as, as Homelander is so is good. Haunting. He's really good at it. And Man, this season, he was all over the place, too. I know. You really get to see his psyche. And it, it, I remember saying this at the end of last season, like, yeah, he's a monster and he's horrible, but it's not all his fault. Or you can understand that, like, and then him feeling conflicted as a, now a father, which is something that was a very uh -huh. heavy theme in this season. Oh my God, it was so good. It was so good. And that, that final episode just bl literally blew me away. I remember feeling this way a year ago with the reveal that Homelander, you know, had a yeah. son and it was Butcher's wife that bore him. And it was just like, wow. And then seeing where it went today, I was just like, where's the show going to go next? And I don't mean that like negatively. I'm like, I can't wait to see well, and I, I kind of liked how they wrapped this one up a little bit more than they did season one. It's at the end of season one, it was a definite cliffhanger, right? Where you just you just can't wait to just figure out what is coming next. Like they tease you something with the fact that Homelander's wife is is alive and she has a kid, and and um, I say Homelander, wife, no. sorry, Butcher's Butcher's <laughs> wife is what I meant to say, and Homelander and her have a kid and it's it just leaves you with this wait what the fuck and yeah and then that was answered really well during this the second season i feel like the end of the second season though there's not many open questions left they wrapped it up pretty well which kind of left me feeling good about it it it, it mean I, I still have no less of a desire to see what comes next but i feel like it was wrapped up better than season one well, sure. I was happy and with I, I don't. I don't see this show going on but another season, maybe two. But, yeah, I feel like their scope is is limited, and that's totally fine. I don't want them to outstay their welcome and just be making shit up in new characters and recycled plot lines. The question I have from the very first episode, especially until now, even though it's been nuanced throughout the episodes, who's going to be the one who finally kills Homelander? Because that's ultimately how, to me, the show has to end. I mean, he's a god. It might have to be a son. I think that's what they're really starting to want you to believe. Um, or maybe Butcher finds a way. You know, Butcher has nothing but hate and resentment towards him. And and yet now he's forced to raise the guy's son at the request of his dying wife? Ah, oh, so but But he gave the good. kid away to, to the CIA. For his protection, though. Because he doesn't right, need, but they don't want another Homelander. And I agree and he'll be with a that. father figure to the son because you think as he will? we saw, okay. well, because I think they were very careful to even if it's only for like ten minutes on one kind of middle of the season episode, show you Butcher's own relationship with his father and how jacked up that 
that is. And remember, he says to the kid right before he puts him in the vehicle with the uh, the CIA lady, don't be a C word. I don't like that word. I don't use that word. And like the kid repeats it back to him. So you can tell like he's got out of, res- even though he hates soups. And you remember earlier in the season, he wants to just ditch the kid. He's like, just ditch the kid. He's a freak. But then, and then he even was going to sell out the kid just so he can be with his wife, but he can't do it. Like, so even this hard Merc still has a heart, you know? And I just, I, I love his character. I appreciate it with that, that concept of will he or won't he give up the kid? He's such a flawed character that we really didn't know what he was going to do until it happened. Um, yeah. And I was cu- curious. I was like, I don't think they would allow him to give up the kid, but maybe he does. And that turns the kid bad or turns him over to kind of Homelander to keep an eye on him and so he just raised another supervillain that way or maybe he does save the kid and that's the way Homelander is defeated in the end somehow at the is that it's gonna be his kid takes him out yeah it's gonna be Luke has to kill Darth and it'll be his own struggle and and ultimately he knows what he has to do I I that seems to be where they're going but I just it was such a a good season. I want to talk about some future Easter eggs. Obviously that cliff, the, the cliffhanger at the end was great. And that's going to be a, a plot point for season three. Right. Obviously, you know, we're talking spoilers. We can just talk about it. The, uh, the Senator is a the, soup. The head popper. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then it's funny because of that whole time. Remember that first time they interact with uh, that gal, I forget who's willing to help them blow right. the whistle and her heads of pops. Yeah. I don't either, but she was in the first season, so I was like, oh, good callback. You thought, oh, sniper. And then when they have that hearing, then everyone's head starts just blowing up. They were hiding the enemy in plain sight, and I never saw it. And so when they show the uh, that cliffhanger in the Church of the Collector, by the way, would you like a fresca? Yeah, what was up with the fresca piece? <laughs> there's something, there's got to be something to that. I was really hoping they would fun. pay that off. Maybe it's just for fun, but I was really hoping they would pay that off as like, as if like frescas. Or mind control, or they have some sort of chemical. That, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they're hiding uh, compound V in Fresca. Ooh, that mm, could be. Maybe. I don't know, but th- th- that was great. But uh, you know, so but there's some other little Easter eggs. Eh, not even Easter eggs. I mean, it was in plain sight, but just things that they only touched on that you know will resurface later, like all the escaped uh, projects. You know, oh, right. like that one, that. that one girl who was clearly a knockoff of Eleven, you know, shaved head and like nose bleeding. You can just crush things with cyber kinetic power or whatever you would call that, mm-hmm. you know, telekinesis. Cyber kinetic. And she escaped, remember? And she, the last you see of her, she's hitching a ride. And, and there's a it. lot of, they don't show a lot of the, the other, a lot of the other supers that, that, yeah, that one was creepy. That was gross. That was funny fun. though. Like yeah. the, the tentacle penis. Um, but they, they didn't show a lot of the other soups, but we know that there's a lot more. And so they that gives them kind of the open ability to kind of pick any soup with any cool power and say that this is an escapee from that facility. Yeah. So who it's, knows if that's like, gonna, how that's going to wrap into the season three. I can't wait to see. And then also they mentioned Butcher's brother. Crazy conspiracy theory. I kind of want it to be true. We only hear about this guy by name. And yet there's, to me, there just seems to be this very subtly hinted at connection between Butcher and Black Noir, who had like such a minimal role this season. 
And yet I just can't help but feel like that's his dead brother repurposed, reanimated with Compound V. He's a black guy. I know, he's burnt. We don't know what he is. Black noir? Yeah. It's never been confirmed he's African-American or... Yeah, it was. When? When I she lifted up the mask and fed him uh, an Almond Joy to kill him. Katrina, because he's... Yeah. Right. No, yeah. I saw his face was burnt because he was horribly scarred. I didn't see that he was, uh, 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 you know, having melanin or of a different pigment. That's what I saw. Well, that's why we're it, talking about. It. Well, I, I, so I'm looking it up. It is played by a black guy. I'm on IMDb right mask. now. Well, I, I want that to be true because there just seems to be this weird connection between. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that there was going to be more there. I thought we were going to get something out of Black Noir, and I was kind of disappointed in that this season. Well, they show you from the beginning that soup that uh, Homelander helped create last season, you know, detonates himself, and that was supposed to be like this huge bombshell, no pun intended, and Black Noir is just like absorbed it, kills the dude. So yeah. is Black Noir as strong as Homelander? Like, we don't know, minus the tree allergy or the tree nut allergy. What if he's the one finally, like the guy who's always been in the background and quiet, he just seems more like, um, like uh, what's his name from uh, G.I. Joe, you know, Snake Eyes, mm. you know, the, the ninja who's yeah, just yeah, silent, yeah. carries out missions. And we don't really know, his allegiances are unknown really at this point, but I was so hyped up, like when Queen Maeve finally stood up, you know, and that's the thing. It, it, going back to my question of who's going to be the one to finally defeat Homelander, it's going to just probably be someone, I don't know. I don't know, I mean, but I loved be, how she stood up to him. It could be a team up, like how they defeated, or well, at least beat down Stormfront, you know. Oh, that was so great. And they're basically saying, yeah, Nazis still suck in 2020. Yeah, despite they're just people. kicking her on the ground. I thought that was, I thought that was fun. That was pretty like freaking it. cool. And she actually had a good line. She's like, people like what I have to say. They just don't like the term Nazi. I'm like, well, it's kind of unfortunately they, true in these days. days and when, you know, when you're talking about Easter eggs, what about all these uh hints to current situations oh was totally and so the writing many, was so smart it, yeah. there, there were so many situations where you're just like oh i definitely see what they're getting at in relation oh. to the current current events yeah taking the temperature of the room perfectly um another thing that i think is potentially a sign of things to come you remember when homelander is having his crisis of uh, confidence and the crowd's turning against him because of that leaked video. A lot of leaked videos in this uh, season mm -hmm. as blackmail leverage. But do you remember when he has that vision of him just lasering everybody and going I thought AWOL? that was real at first. I did too. And I was like, well, they wouldn't just, that would be like a season finale scene. I think maybe Homelander, you know, just loses it one day and stops caring about public perception because public perception matters so much to him that he gave up on his son, even though he could tell his son was afraid of him. So it was kind of like, ah, there's just so much drama and family strife. And uh, this was just so good. I just, yeah. I, I don't know if anyone's going to ask me, Hey, if you could recommend one show this year so far, I'd be like, it's the boys season two. And you know, what's so cool is everyone I've mentioned it to, you, it wouldn't like, be like, I'm just, British Baking Show? Because, I mean, that would be mine. Well, actually, it's the great British Baking Show, I'll have you know, because uh, it's nothing but great, as we know. No, Big I agree with you. I think this is, as far as, like, geeky topics go, I think this is one of the best shows. Even though it's short, I wish it was so much longer. Eight episodes? I wanted two more episodes. But, you know but what it, I mean? But it was good, and it was, it, I thought it was 
a great story, great, great effect, great acting, everything. Everything was great on it. I mean, if I were to give I, it a rating. Oh yeah, like please. Um, I would I would definitely say it's an it's an A plus for me. I, I think this was. It's straight I couldn't up. Have asked out. For, yeah, I couldn't have asked. I could have asked for a longer I, I i would have really appreciated more but i think in what it was trying to be it was pretty perfect for me agreed seal of approval um that was our spoiler thoughts on season two of the the boys i can't wait to give our spoiler thoughts on season three of the boys so hurry up and do your thing hollywood even though there's uh some obstacles yeah well what i think that brings us pretty much near the end here so yeah, this seems like a, a jumping off point. Real quick, though, we want to um, just uh, revisit our last recording. We t you know, we're talking about The Boys, which is inspired by comics. We right. did our X draft. Want to just actually say um, that we actually had some feedback about our draft. So I thought my team was superior. If you haven't listened to the episode, go back and listen. Well, well, Basically, we you, draft yeah, if you haven't listened to the episode, we have a full discussion where we uh, build our own X-Men team and kind of discuss which one's better slash who would win. Yeah, obviously my team was better, if you yeah. ask me. Obviously your team, like I said, if you ask me, you didn't ask me. I know. You interrupted me, naughty. So we've had a little bit of feedback on that episode. And if you haven't listened, real quick, let me summarize this. I had, on my team, I drafted Wolverine. I drafted Havoc. I drafted... Uh, that one guy, Colossus, excuse me, I drafted Rogue. And then for my sleeper pick, even though that wasn't an ordained thing, I drafted Kitty Pride. Brandon, you drafted? Uh, Jean Grey, but not Phoenix Jean Grey. We kind of made a rule that you couldn't basically go, go that far. Um, yeah. Emma Frost, the White Queen. Right. Cyclops, um, Iceman, and who? And Storm. Who, Storm, thank you. Yeah, you had three three big racks and one laser eye and one ice guy. That's what you had. So anyways, uh, and we discussed all the reasons why our team would win and how and blah, blah, blah. It was just kind of for fun. But um, way more in-depth than either of us got. We got a response from one of our listeners, Shane in Colorado. Really deep dive. Uh, let me just kind of summarize uh, his response saying to the Brandons, who won? So this was a fun so this was fun as an interaction for me as part of the audience. I was a little, little worried at first because I don't know a whole lot of the X-Men characters, but however, you guys hit the more common ones and the ones that I knew, except Rogue. That's bad for me. So, and he goes on to say, I'm going first, I am going off my first take from listening and not going to go then look up the characters and their strengths and all the extras that you guys spoke of. I'm only gonna to speak to what I already knew, seriously, the debate could go on longer than the history of the bad X-Men movie plots if you consider everything that is out there. If we consider the X-Men movies, um, I would win because Logan ends up winning in the end. So true. screw you. True, true. Uh, Logan's such a good movie, by the way. Anyways, he goes on to say, I'm jumping right in with a critique. It's hard to say who won when we were presented with two stories. Would it have been cool to blend them, like create a hypothetical starting point, obvious two sides against each other and just attack back and forth, but I get this too. Because you just want to describe your side, however, BJ, that's you, never had a chance to rebut my story. So for the sake of my response, this is our, our, our friend Shane talking, I will blend the stories because I can. 
He says, Brandon Green shows really strong, aggressive battle characters. I, I did. Brandon Jewell chose intelligent, logical characters. Due to pure character choice, Brandon Jewell won hands down. But he goes on. Thank you, Brandon Shane. Brandon Green's are... <laughs> or Duncan Shane. Should I say Duncan Shane? Is that a... <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Greens are great for hand-to-hand -hand combat and ambush, but Brandon Jewell clearly told a story. His characters can attack from a crazy far distance. However, the one thing I found as a flaw merely in Brandon Jewell's story is that he left Wolverine frozen for a hundred years. And he put, quote, a hundred years. So he quoted you. He was really, really intently listening. Which is the biggest mistake ever. Ha-ha. He didn't say ha-ha. That was me editorializing. Because clearly to me, Wolvie heals after they thaw him and he slaughters everyone on sight. And due to age, yeah, but Brandon Jules X Men. I mean, and due, can I finish? Can I finish? Sure. Excuse me. I'd like the time back that, you know, I was speaking and he interrupted me. Excuse <laughs> We're me, debating. Mr. President, I'm speaking. Excuse me. I'm speaking. <laughs> Brandon Jules X Men are likely all dead. Well, unless they are living in a different Brian, <laughs> this is funny. He says, well, unless they are living in a different Brian Singer timeline. And then he goes on to say, I blame him because he was a common writer on most of the movies. <laughs> Hard to refute that. X-Men 3 was so good. Uh -huh. Anyway, I can't get too much into the specifics one-on-one -on -one because that's not what I do. So ultimately, BG, that's me, Brandon Green, my team won due to a mistake in Brandon Jules' storytelling. But character versus character, it's all about Brandon Jules' X-Men. Huh. And then he goes on to say, what do you guys think about the new Mutants? Uh, I haven't watched it, but all my kids have. And you know what? We haven't watched it either. Um, so we'll have to make that a future episode. Anyways, so it sounds like we – I wouldn't even say we both won because he both pointed out how we lose. So we, it's a draw. Huh. Unless someone well, else wants to come and break the tie. I appreciate – you know, I feel like uh, Shane thought about this deeper than, than I Than we did. <laughs> well, you you spent a lot of time with your story, and then I just basically rebutted every story. But yeah, but I have telepaths, <laughs> and so that was sort of like my solution to almost everything is that I had some of the most powerful telepaths in the in in all of the comics. So he though went deeper and he really thought it out. I like the fact that he's saying Brandon's characters would have won, but the story he lost because. Wolverine was the one alive at the end. I think that's pretty smart. I yeah. didn't think of that. I was I thinking mean, about the battle, you know, like yeah. trying to win that one moment of the battle. Thank you, Shane. And thank you other listeners too. I just wanted to point that one out. It really kind of just made me think like, wow, that's a really cool, thoughtful response. And if yeah. you would like to offer up your really cool, thoughtful responses, we'll tell you how you can do that in a minute. Haha, -ha, that's a tease. Brandon, um, do you have this week's, or this episode's, we got to get used to saying episodes. Do you have a shadow of the synopsis for me and the listeners? I do. Um, I, I'm sorry about this dog barking, but I'm going to try to speak. No, let's, let's just address it. You probably heard the dog all episode long. He's oh. obviously offering his feedback on our X-Men debate. Yeah. He's like, yeah. guys, 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 guys. Uh, no, that's my neighbor's dog. I have horrible neighbors, and they have a horrible dog, and they keep him locked up on the side of the house. And hey, it's the joy it's of recording from home. You know what? Like I was telling you, uh, some of the podcasts I listen to, being that people are now at home more than their studio, yeah, you're just going to hear a little everyday life noise, and it's all right. Jack, shut the fuck up. Yeah, Jack. Um, 
Okay, so here's here's your shadow of the synopsis. Are you ready? I really am. I'm looking it up right now as you type. Go ahead. Or as you speak. I'm... <laughs> in 1986, mobster yeah. Tommy Fricetti is released from prison after serving a 15-year sentence for murder. Upon his relief, release, Tommy's... I'm just showing my hands so you know I'm not typing it up. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought you were telling me to stop. You were holding your hands up. My like... bad, my bad. <laughs> okay. Upon his release, Tommy's old mob boss, Sonny, sends him to oversee a drug deal. However, the deal is ambushed by unknown assailants with Tommy barely escaping. Now, it's up to Tommy to find out who masterminded it. While investigating, Tommy meets with several people who offer him help, a music producer, a Texan real estate developer, a drug kingpin. Over time, Tommy begins to solidify his own empire, taking protection money, using failing companies as fronts for illegal businesses, uh, and establishing partnerships with several gangs. Eventually, Sonny discovers that Tommy has gained complete control over the city's drug trade without cutting him in. Enraged, he, send mobsters, he sends mobsters to forcibly uh, collect money from Tommy's businesses, but that fails. So in the end, there's a violent standoff. Sonny reveals that he was the, I know, right? Surprise. Sonny reveals that he was responsible for Tommy's arrest 15 years prior and that some of Tommy's friends have betrayed him. When the shooting stops, Tommy is the one left standing, finally establishing himself as the undisputed crime kingpin of the city. You know what it is? Is this, is this a vice city? Is that your answer? It's Grand Theft Auto, Vice City. Okay, you're right. I love that game. That is an awesome game. Good good one. I, I appreciate it not being, you know, diabolically hard, you know. Um, yeah, but I, I think that... I thought about not even saying the names, and I was like, no, I don't think the names will give it away. No, it, it, basically, I felt like Vice City was an 80s, through the, the lens of like a love letter to the 80s homage to Scarface in a way. Totally. Not completely beat by beat, but it's like if you replayed, made Scarface into a game with an 80s hue to it, that would be it. And I got to say, I mean, that game's old by now, you know, like really old. Uh, it's still one of the best Grand Theft Auto games. Never got into Vice City or uh, San Andreas the way some people did. Never really got into 4 the way some people did, but I would say right next to five it's probably my favorite grand theft auto game yeah got such sense. just a, it is good yeah good story well good one man uh thank you, you and listeners at home awesome hopefully uh, oh you bet i do brand do you remember the show dinosaurs yeah of course i love that show and i was just actually fondly remembering it the other day and so if you're thinking well what's the awesome quote from dinosaurs of course not the mama he hits the dad with a frying pan but sure. i want to go a slightly different route and uh, listeners, I hope you enjoy this little clip right meow. Gee, Mr. Lizard, what should I do with the nitroglycerin? We're, We're gonna, gonna need, need another Timmy! <laughs> well, Timmy, you just pour it into the blender there while oh. I get behind this lead shield. Okay. Uh, say, say it! it. <laughs> We're gonna need another Timmy! <laughs> We're gonna need another Timmy! When you think about it, though, we're going to need another Tim Timmy was kind of like a predecessor to, oh, my God, they killed Kenny. Maybe. Oh, it was. That's a good point. Yeah, the, I don't know violent, why I thought of that the other day, but it was just coming into my mind. Well, this has been a very violent episode. 
That's the way I prefer. Well, I think that's why we got to be apart, you know, because on how it's been going. Right. Anyways, let's uh, tell you real quick as we're getting out of here how you can get a hold of us, just like Shane and others did. Uh, randomfandomcast at gmail.com. If you have any feedback, something you want us to know, hit us up there. Also, our Twitter. At randomfandomwbb. Yeah. This is episode 90. Yeah. Working our way to 100. Let's go. We'll talk to you again soon. But until then, thank you for being a fan of our fandom. Stay geeky, everyone. Would it be the same If I see it next year Will I go insane Still